sitting on my doorstep People's passing by They're coming back from getting wrecked Everybody's high Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Addictions, the podcast about addictions. I'm your host, David Wagner. Before we get started, I have a couple of updates. I was planning on changing the show's release schedule from every week to every other week just to give myself a little more time for production and editing, but there's just way too much to cover on the subject of addiction, and with new developments and news on the topic nearly every day, I've decided to stick with releasing a new episode every week, or at least trying to. Also, if you have not yet done so, be sure to check out our website at www.addictionspodcast.wordpress.com. From there, you can listen to all of the previous episodes of the show, find detailed notes for each episode, and much, much more. And if you really enjoy the show and want to help support what I'm doing, visit www.patreon.com slash addictions. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash addictions to learn more. My guest this week is Leanna Olbinski. Leanna lost her father to addiction, and she is currently in the process of publishing a series of letters between herself and her dad. I spoke with Leanna about addiction, and her story is incredibly touching. You can check out some of her videos about overcoming addiction and building self-confidence on her website, which you can find at lolbinsky.com. That's l-o-l-b-i-n-s-k-y dot com. Without further ado, let's listen to the conversation that she and I had. Today on the show, we are speaking with Leanna Olbinski. I hope I said that correctly, Leanna. Yes, you did. Hey, not, I'm, I'm off to a good start then. Uh, she is from Boston, and she's going to talk with us a little bit about some, some stuff that happened in her family. Uh, from what I've from what we've talked about online, Leanna, uh, your father recently passed away, and I'm terribly sorry to hear that. Uh, I did watch the video that you sent me, and that's very touching. So how did how did everything get started in the first place? Okay, so I'll um, tell you a little background about my um, how I was brought into the world. I feel like that's actually a really good start. Both of my parents didn't have an easy life, and my dad actually came to America from the USSR, and it was um, during the Cold War, so as you can imagine, it wasn't easy for them to adjust. Yeah. And he was bullied, and he had a hard time dealing with the bullying because he had such a big heart, and he saw his parents working in a factory all day, all night and not making enough money to even um, put food on the table. And um, sure enough, um, the people that were there for him promised to help him make money fast. So that led him down the path of crime and mainly drug use. And so from then on, a man with a huge heart was stuck in a 
bad situation um, of using opiates and drugs. And um, during a point of his sobriety, he met my mom. And they just fell in love and were both such attractive people and had so, such a, a story to them, just so much going on in their lives. And I was born, and I was actually born with um, a tumor. I had a neuroblastoma tumor attached to my aorta. So um, I was only born four pounds. And at the time, my dad was in prison in Boston. And when we got the news that I was sick, I was only a couple days old, my grandparents, my dad's parents flew me out to Boston. And from that day on, my dad promised himself he'd get his life in place. He was going to get a job, get clean, and make sure I could live in Boston to get the best health care. So when I was seven years old, from Oregon, my mom and I officially moved to Boston. And my dad was sober for seven years. And when I was around 13 or 14, my dad found out my grandma had cancer and relapsed. My dad was doing um, crack cocaine. Um, and I remember the day that I found out very clearly because um, we were in the car and my dad was speeding, and he kept saying someone was following us. And I didn't understand because there was no one behind us. Yeah. And then um, I went home, and I realized he wasn't going to work anymore. And then I noticed that he was locking himself in a separate bedroom than my mom. And um, sure enough, I found tin foil in the bathroom. And it got to the point where my dad wouldn't even talk to me unless we were in a room without windows because he thought people were listening in. In between that time from when I was a little girl until 13, my dad was my best friend. He was, you wouldn't, you would think he was born to be a parent. <laughs> he took me to my first Britney Spears concert. He had my makeup done professionally when I was like 10 years old because he wanted me to know the correct way to use makeup if I really was interested in it. He took me to get my first bra. He took me to all my doctor's appointments. He was my softball coach and he just became everything to me from such a young age, and we had a friendship unlike any other. Yeah, he, he sounds like a, a great father, Leanna. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's a shame what, what drug addiction can do to us. Um, it's a slippery slope, and once you get sliding down, it, it, it doesn't take long, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, relapse is common. Um, I mean, I myself... I, I couldn't even tell you how many times I relapsed before I've got to where I am now, you know. Um, uh, and that's what's beautiful about it is that from the point when I was a senior in high school, that's when he was arrested for the last time. Um, there was a chance he would never be released, but 
when he was arrested, he um, became sober. And for those five years, I made a promise every day to myself that no matter what happened when he released, even if he relapsed, it would be okay because he was really my best friend and we wrote to each other every single week. And I'm actually in the process of publishing his letters to me. He wrote to me about his fears and how badly he didn't want to do drugs and how much it hurt him and killed him inside and depressed him and made him not even want to live. And to imagine that a man that's just so strong and such a good person that couldn't fight this urge, it made me just want to be there no matter what. And for the past two years before he passed away, when he was released from prison, um, he relapsed um, numerous times. But every time I was there, I'd pick up the phone and I'd be there to tell him everything was going to be okay and that I loved him. And it was really beautiful. And um, I loved just being able to hear his voice. Yeah, of course. And, you know, that's that's one of the, the best things you can do is, you know, be there for the person. Uh, having a strong family and support group is one of the keys to fighting addiction. I truly believe that, you know, and um, I really, I really think that what you're doing is amazing work and we're all human and we're all in this together, you know, and we've got to be here for each other. And I just, yes. I just think that's great. Yes. Yes. He, he always told me that if you're treating people that treat you well, good, that doesn't define who you are. It's treating people that can't help you well. That really shows what kind of person you are. And my dad was a very firm believer that you had to believe in people and you had to be there for people. And you're no better than any other person. Because I've, I haven't done drugs doesn't mean I'm any better than anyone else. It doesn't define it doesn't mean my dad was a bad person at all. And it doesn't mean anyone is a bad person or that they're weak. It's a disease. So, Yes, I, I agree 100%. You know, my, my family, um, similar kind of circumstances. Uh, I've been fortunate enough that no one close to me has succumbed to hardcore addiction and, you know, and end up, ended up dying because of it. But I've known many friends that, that have went down that road and not come back. So I, I can kind of sympathize with you. I mean, I, I don't know. I would have a hard time handling my my own father or mother passing away. Uh, but I think that I feel like you're a really strong person for doing what you're doing, and it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it makes me, you know, because of this and because I know that his story and what he went through can't just, this can't be the end, you know, like, yeah, as you heard from the conversation, he felt like he failed me. And because of his depression, and how bad he felt, no matter how many times I said that, you're not a failure. It, he couldn't accept it. And now is my chance to show other people that they're not failures and that they have something to live for and that 
there are people that will believe in them if they want to believe in themselves. And even if they don't, we're still there for them. And if I didn't have that to hold on to the ability to help others, I, I don't think I'd be as strong as I am because there are days when it kind of just hits me that he's gone. And I'm like, what, like I honestly, I lose my breath and I almost fall to my feet and but then I'm like, okay, there's a reason this happened. My dad had the most beautiful message. And if I get it out there and help one person, his, you know, his, the thing he died for isn't going to be in vain. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you, you can carry on that, that legacy or turn it into a legacy. You mentioned that you were working on a book, putting this all together into a book. Yes. Yes. So um, my dad and I wrote to each other every week that he was in prison. So I was a senior in high school up until I graduated college. He wrote to me, and the notes are beautiful, and they give all of his best advice, all of his biggest worries, but also all of his hopes. He wrote about how he wanted to travel the world and how he could see beauty in everyone no matter what and how he regretted certain things in his life, but it brought him to have me and to appreciate me. So I want to publish those letters and let other people feel how he felt and find a way to give hope to society, just anyone that needs to hear that, you know, it's okay to be sad and that we're going to find a way to make this process easier to find a solution. Yeah, I agree 100%, Leanna. You know, and when I look back at my own addiction, you know, I do have regrets, of course, but I feel, I truly feel that if I wouldn't have gone through what I went through with my own opioid addiction, that, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And, and I, since I've started the Addictions Podcast, you know, I've made so many awesome connections with people just like yourself. And it's, it's, in a way, it's, it's really therapeutic for me talking about all of this. And I can kind of imagine that, you know, it's probably similar for you. You know, I, with the podcast, I, I do it. It's not just for me. It's for everyone who has been touched by addiction in any way. You know, and I feel like a lot of us lack, we lack a voice, you know, there's, and I, I just wanted to provide an outlet for people to talk about these types of things. Um, you know, right. and s since I've begun doing this, like I said, I've made all these awesome connections and I've talked to people all over the world. And so really, you know, if I hadn't gone through the addiction, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Right. You know, if that makes any sense. Yes, that absolutely makes sense. It, yes. I, I mean, if it weren't for my dad's addiction, I don't know where I would be. And I always told him that I wouldn't trade him for the richest dad, the doctor dad, the perfect dad. I would not change it for one second because our relationship was so beautiful and Maybe I wouldn't have turned out the way I did if it wasn't for 
having to see my dad die and come back to life, you know, like yeah. what if I appreciate our relationship? And I mean, I wouldn't trade it for one second. My dad throughout it all was beautiful and it made our relationship what it did. And it made him who he was. And I just can't imagine it any other way. And I'm so happy for it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and again, you know, I, I think that you're an amazing person and incredibly strong because addiction can really, it can tear families apart, you know, and it can turn family members into enemies and just, it's, it's a terrible thing. And like you said, it is a disease. I mean, sure, there can be choice involved, but there can be choice involved with a lot of diseases. That doesn't make them any less of a disease, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like like uh, diabetes or heart disease, you know, if you have a terrible diet, you made those choices. Or if you practice unsafe sex and end up with a disease, that's a choice as well. But you're, it's it's still a disease. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great example that I also like to use. It's very true. And um, uh, the day that my dad died, I was in the hospital with my grandfather. And, you know, he's very old school Russian. Yeah. And he was crying. And he was saying, Liana, you loved your dad like he was sick. And I just couldn't do it. When I saw your dad getting high, I thought that he could stop. And every time, every time he used a drug, I thought that he should just stop. And I thought he could. And I'd get angry. But you, you just loved him the same every single day. And that's, it is really hard to do because, you know, you want to, it's so easy to say, oh, you know, like, Dad, you can stop. Dad, you could go to this. But when you finally just accept that it's a sickness and a disease, it's just being there for that person and being able to say, I love you. It it means so much more when you don't know if it's going to be the last time you get to say it. It just, it you know, there's always beauty in struggle. And so... To be able to find that line of not getting too angry or disappointed, it's hard to get there. When I first found out my dad relapsed, I was more like blaming myself, thinking I wasn't good enough. And I even journaled when I was 14 about suicide. And um, then one day my dad was going to an AA meeting and he was talking to me about how sorry he was. I was about 15 and he asked if he could read my journal. And I read my blog post to him that talked about suicide. It was back in the day when a journal was like private online. So yeah. no one else could see it. And so I, I read it to him and we cried together for like two hours and I was 15 years old and I just saw how much it hurt him, but at the same time made him want to do better. And it was all so real. It was really how I was feeling. And from that day on, I think that really changed my outlook on self-pity because he took that letter to an AA meeting and he said he's never heard a room so silent. And I, I wanted to ask a couple of other questions, Leanna. Uh, 
how did how did how did your mother handle all of this? Was she supportive or did she have a hard time? Um, my mom had her own struggles as well. My mom Yeah. My mom is um a recovering alcoholic and is struggling a bit with um taking medication. She's really sick, so the medication is prescribed, but um she's going through a lot. She has a lot of back pain and she can barely walk now. Um, it was, it was really hard for her because there were just, it was just like the, you know, misery loves company kind of beautiful storm with my parents, one addiction feeding off of the other. Yes. So it wasn't easy for either of them, but um, again, it comes back to love and as much as my dad loved me, my mom loved me too. I'd actually love to read you. I have right in front of me a mother's day card that my dad wrote my mom when, uh, like five years ago that I kept. It's really short. Yeah. Yeah. By, by all means, Leanna, go right ahead. Um, my dad wrote to my mom, dear Angela, you have given me the best gift that anyone could ever give. My life would be such an empty time without Leanna. She is my pride and joy. She makes me want to live. And for that, I am eternally grateful and that I am wishing you a very happy Mother's Day. You will always be my daughter's mother and I will always love you. And thank you for that. And with that, I am wishing you a very happy Mother's Day. And... I don't think he ever thought that I would see that, but that's really how it was. They thanked each other almost every day of their fighting and their disagreements and their addiction. They always thanked each other for me, and I was really like a light of their life. And there was a lot of pressure to be that, but it's really beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, it really is, and I, I can, uh, I can kind of relate in a way. You see, um, I actually just came off of a relationship with my former girlfriend, and we were both enabling each other's addictions as well. And we have a an eleven year old daughter now, you know, and uh, she was there through the whole thing. And you know, I I I feel very similar to how your your father probably felt. You know, uh, I'm I'm a year. You're in recovery now, so I mean, I'm I'm doing really well, but uh, you know, there's days where it's it's very difficult. Um, yeah. But I just uh, I just try to keep reminding myself why I'm doing this, you know, and and the biggest reason is my daughter. That's amazing. You um, I noticed that you have a a, a pretty popular popular um YouTube channel. Uh, and I wouldn't mind uh telling our listeners a little bit about that as well. It's, uh... I have um, a YouTube channel, but it's small. I, uh, I do YouTube videos on um, overcoming addiction and okay. dealing with um, family problems. But also, um, I do videos on how to build self-confidence. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I would love to, when, when you do get get things published and everything, be sure, be sure and let me know. I'd love to have you back on the show to talk about the book and everything. That would be amazing. Yes, of course. And, um, yes, I'll, um, keep all the updates posted on my website. Um, 
It's uh, lolbinsky.com. Okay. I'll continue to put parts of our conversation um, on that website um, because I do have a lot of um, our conversations recorded, and I think that they're important for people to hear. Definitely. I would agree 100%. Also, I'll definitely put a link up on the Addictions Podcast webpage and our Facebook page so that our listeners can check all of that out. The internet is an amazing thing. (laughs) It really is. It really is. There's so much to put out there. We got to get it out there. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's one of the, another reason I started this podcast was, you know, there's a lot of just misinformation out there about addiction and drug addicts, you know. Right. Uh, and it almost dehumanizes people right. to a point that, you know, it's it's just not fair. You know, we're all human and people make mistakes and these things happen, you know. Yeah, no one deserves to feel that they're unwanted and so lo- like the way my dad felt. I just, no human should ever feel like that. Yeah, I, I agree, Leanna. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And I'd love to talk to you in the future about this, too. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I had so much fun chatting with you. Hey, anytime, Leanna. And, you know, keep your head high. You're doing great things. It's it's amazing. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank thank you. All right. Bye-bye. That was an amazing conversation. Again, I want to thank Leanna for being on the show and speaking about her father, And she really makes a great point. We are all human, and just like she said, no one deserves to be left out or feel unwanted or unloved because they are in active addiction or have had an addiction in the past. In fact, it is my opinion that through great struggle, we often learn the most about ourselves. We've all heard the saying before, what doesn't kill you will only make you stronger. Thanks so much for listening. Smashed your only car You aren't what you are really You missed it by so damn far Your head feels like it's in a blender And you hate to see the dawn Your stomach says return to sender After the buzz is gone Sundays you prayed, Uncle John. You poisoned yourself last night. Mary slapped your friend Tom. You got in a hell of a fight. Monday comes and it's back to work. The week seems so damn long. The weekend's past, you're still a jerk. After the buzz is gone.